Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Part 3. The screams echoed from deeper within the town as the children scrambled to hide behind the old mine cart. It sat near the edge of the road, peeking down the dark, dusky alleyway, illuminated with a distant, dull red glow. Smoke was in the air, the snapping of timber and the smell of oak mixed with iron hung heavy. The metallic taste brought horrible thoughts to their minds. Cordelia was whimpering about getting home while Zane froze in thought. Worse, it was memory. Where would they go from here? Benedict put his hand on Zane's shoulder. Follow me, he said to his older brother. Everyone looked surprised and they gazed wide-eyed at Zane's reaction. No one had ever dared to command Zane. He was the de facto leader after all. Zane smiled and glanced back at the group. He placed a hand on Sophie's shoulder and they both smiled. Time to go, he said to the others. Then he nodded his head towards his brother, his long, dirty blonde hair bouncing from his cheek. Follow Benedict. He knows the way. As he darted down the alley, they heard two deep growling voices laughing from around the corner. Ducking behind a pile of wet-smelling rubbish outside the tailor's back door, they saw two hulking forms turn the corner. They had deep-set, dark eyes and green skin that looked like thick pond scum. Two tusks protruded from their lower jaw over their upper lips, and as one spoke, the other curled one lip back, nodding in approval. The children had never seen such monsters before. Zane held a finger up to his lips as his eyes grew wide in recognition. Orcs. These were just like the orcs that helped the bandits raid their home so many years ago. He remembered his mother reaching towards him with one hand. Her chin-length blonde hair pasted to her cheek in small patches with sweat and blood. Her gold and silver armor glinting in a fire raging. She saw him as she swung her great glaive in an arc behind her, through an orc much like those before them. And she started to disappear in the fiery battle before her. He never saw her again. A battle cry roared out from the adjacent doorway as a figure in dull, battle-worn silver armor charged the two orcs, his great sword cleaving through one before his shoulder drove the other into the wall behind them. The grind of metal against brick made Zorin's skin crawl. He pressed himself to the shadows, peering through the gap between the wall and the overturned barrels they hid behind. The orc roared from his bloodied maw as he drove the crude cleaver like an axe down at the warrior. It froze in midair, held by a single hand. His face now in the firelight, the powerful hand of Erebus' shieldheart. Not yet. He retorted, spinning the blade back towards the owner's gut, using the orc's own force unwittingly to drive its own demise. The orc fell to the ground in a heap. Mother! 
Cordelia, sensing the end of the danger, jumped from behind the pile before anyone could stop her. Erva smiled before the door behind Cordelia's small running legs burst open, driven by an orc frothing at the mouth as he reached for her. Her eyes turned to horror as she screamed. The orc shrieked as he reached for his shoulder, turning to look down the dark alley behind him and past the children. Stumbling backwards, another feathered shaft ran through his throat with a gurgle. Zane felt a third whisk by as he found home in the orc's dark heart. Cordelia jumped into her father's waiting arms. He looked behind the children. Elviv, it's good to see you, old friend. <laughs> From the shadows came a slender elven ranger. The dark earthen hues of her leather armor seemed to dampen the light around her graceful movement. Her long flame-red hair flowing behind her, she pulled her hood back as she stepped out of the shadows into the smoky light of the alley. She smiled at Erebus and then looked at Zorin. She winked and she extended her hand to him, motioning for all the children to follow her. Erebus? Where's Laura? Erebus nodded. Laura's at the shop gathering supplies and will meet us south of town by the old tree. He put Cordelia down. I need you to get the children there. You know where we must go. Elaviv nodded. Erebus turned to Benedict and put his hand on his shoulder. Benedict was in awe. His foster father was wearing intricately carved plate armor. He was able to make out the same that the knights in the old mine were wearing. Erebus stood before him with the same kindness in his eyes he had always known, but now he saw him also as a defender of the people, a true knight. They are all we have, Erebus said over his shoulder. Before looking at Zorin, Zane and Sophie smiling in grim understanding. They're everything. But you know that. I know the vow. Elaviv chuckled. But stop. You need to go. Get Laura and let's leave this place. He nodded, smiled at the children and darted down the alley into the darkness. The children huddled closer to the elf's cloak. The smell of wet wool along with elderflowers and honey seemed to cut through the smoke and decay smell of the night. The wet air began to sprinkle, probably from the smoke, Sophie thought to herself as her eyes fluttered slightly looking at the dark sky. The rooftops glowed. The airs hung low and a distant shout seemed to dim as they walked. Realization settling in. Where was her sister now? Would she find her? Sophie shook her head. Keep your head in the game. She whispered to herself, a small chill shaking the words from her lips slightly. They stopped and Elaviv looked concerned. Her eyes darted back and forth before she ushered the children off the road and down the small field to the stables. They could hear the horses frantically crying out as the building was catching fire. Cordelia saw Buttercup tied up and brain terrified. Elaviv placed her hand on her muzzle to calm her for release from her halter, but she still was wide-eyed and tense until a small hand touched her cheek. Buttercup froze. Her ears went forward from laying across her back. Her eyes relaxed and she saw her little friend Cordelia smiling at her with that known kindness. Elaviv was able to undo the knot, turning her over to Cordelia, who led her back to the tack calmly and set out before preparing her for a ride. The sound of Elaviv's blade striking rope and wood cutting a horse free startled her. Hey girl, it's okay. I'm with you. We will leave together 
It's okay, I'm here. As the other five horses set out into the darkness, their severed lines dancing at their neck, Buttercup calmly nuzzled Cordelia as Sophie gently placed the well-crafted bridle in her mouth and over her alert and calm ears. The children were nearing the old tree and clearing to the south of the blacksmith's shop when they could see the bonfires dotting the area. They led Buttercup to a small boulder looking down to the tree's bare area in the field. The rain stung their eyes and hung their clothes tight to the body. Sophie unrolled a few of the woolen saddle blankets and threw one over her shoulders. Seeing this, the other children each grabbed one for comfort. They saw a figure enter the glow of the fire led by another in dark armor. The armor of Erebus was glinting in the firelight. The dark man drove an elbow to the nape of Erebus's neck, dropping him to his knees. A banshee's cry sung out through the night as the children saw fire erupting and burst from the palms of the people's hands. The figure was running towards Erebus, throwing these bolts of fire, striking the metal orbs careening through the denser grasses. One by one they fell. Was it five? Was it eight? Zorn looked on in horror, straining to see who was wielding such arcane power. Soon she entered the firelight, firing a bolt at the dark figure and another at the target behind the great tree. The bolt struck home, sending the dark targets reeling to the ground. Cordelia saw her mother. A determination glinted across her eyes in the firelight as she ran to Erebus. Wearily, he grabbed the longsword at his feet, facing the tree. This is fine work. The unmistakable voice of Zoran's father rang out. Zoran's face went white as his hands began to shake. From the shadows, his tall form stepped, his long black hair casting blue highlights as light waltzed across it. Benedict noted the red scales of his armor. A five-headed dragon emblazoned across the chest. He was a follower of the dark dragon, grimaced. He looked back to see tears welling in Zoran's eyes. Why have you done this? Laura said between clenched teeth as she steadied her wounded husband. He was mild cruelly as he waved another figure from the shadows. He was powerfully built. The dark armor he wore was capped with a horrifying dragon visage above a draped shroud. In his hand was a dark mace. The spikes seemed to writhe like snakes as he turned it over in his pale, scarred hands. Erebus and Laura looked at each other. Erebus seemed to plead with her in that moment before she smiled knowingly at him. Lifting the cuff of her white blouse revealed the sword-shaped tattoo of Cordelia always admired when her mother cradled her in those cold nights. Laura reached down and closing her eyes mumbled some arcane words before touching that tattoo on her wrist. Erupting from her hand was a sword of pure flame. She dropped into an offensive pose, her back to Erebus's. Zane saw that Erebus held a wounded side, blood caking his gloved fingers. The smell of the fires was acrid and burned their dry throats. It wasn't just wood burning, he noted with fear. Orcs came from the shadows as Laura dove at them with her flame blade. They seemed to fall before her as she danced between them without even touching them. She gently spun from one to the next, effortlessly blocking any attack, encountering with her blade or an arcane blast of blue energy. Erebus charged the dark man holding the mace. The man parried and drove the handle into Erebus's gut. 
more of a startle than look back. In that moment, time slowed for Cordelia. She saw Erebus drop to a knee, his face grimaced in pain. Her mother reeled on her heel to see her husband, as a great axe struck her in the back, driving her down, disappearing in the tall grass. No! The voice next to her erupted as she felt Zane leap the fence in front of her. Elaviv's hand barely missing the chance to restrain the grief-stricken child. Erebus looked up in horror as he saw Zane rushing towards them. Zane reached down and grabbed a fallen sword from an orc's body and charged towards the dark man. Stepping from Erebus, the man growled, Come, child, and let me show you the darkness of my queen. Paulus stepped forward to kick Erebus prone with the boot. Elaviv cloaked the children under her cape in the darkness. They had to go. Sophie looked back in horror as Zane swung futilely at the man only to be swatted to the side like a sack of flour. Zane was crumpled on the ground, unmoving. Erebus howled with anger as he forced himself to stand. You killed my son! As he swung a gauntleted hand into Paulus's gut. Two arrows sunk into the knight's armor from the shadows. He yelled out anger, the pain dulled in his grief. Paulus drove a knee into his wounded side. As Erebus dropped his head, he growled from his teeth. Paulus saw only the glint of the razor-sharp steel as Erebus quickly grazed across his cheek from ear to his nose. The warm flow of blood he felt before any pain. Erebus smiled at him with bloodied teeth. My honor is my life. As he lunged at Paulus, he felt the blade pass between his own ribs. He could feel every deviation in the steel and knew what felled him was his own making. Benedict saw it too. The glint of the silver dragon turtle's red eyes seemed to look back at him. His uncles themselves seemed to fade. The forge's fire now forever lost to them. Hot tears erupted down his face as Elaviv helped him onto the back of Buttercup's back with the other children. She swung herself around them and at a full gallop they rode away from the town into the darkness. Hours later, Zoran looked around at the night rain. The new smell of the salt sea has a welcome change to the smoke and death. Cordelia had fallen asleep, exhausted from horror and grief held by Benedict. Benedict glanced at him, but then looked away. Sophie just stared blankly into the distance, where the coast cliffs stood high above the crashing surf. As they rode along the coastline, they were approaching a windmill. As they passed, they saw an old man in his gray mutton chops wet in the rain as they saw the fiery glow of Alanakan in the distance. He waved at them, and Elaviv waved back. He turned to the young blonde girl next to him and motioned her inside. Bless you. Be safe. He said as he painfully turned on his heel to walk back inside the mill. Zorin asked, Where are we going to go? Elaviv said gently, Port Balfour. Sophie burst into racking sobs of memory. 
Elaviv wrapped an arm around her. We start again. In port before. Thank you for joining us for the conclusion to the prologue for Dawn of Dragons. Follow us at dicetowertheater.podbean.com or dicetowertheater at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or WordPress. You can help support and keep this project free at ko-fi.com slash dicetowertheater or by simply sharing us with a friend. Stay with us as we continue the story in Season 1 coming soon. Dear listeners, this is not the end, but only the beginning. Thank you.